so we ended season two. Yep. Jennifer, what did we learn? Did we learn anything? Are we different people? Are we better people? Um, having having recorded twenty four episodes. I mean, I you and I just talked about this, but there are definitely some episodes where I needed like some emotional separation from the subject and maybe lots of alcohol. Yeah. I feel like we had a lot more science um, and, you know, I think there were a couple moments in the middle where I didn't talk about poop. That is true. That is true. There were some poop-free episodes, which, mm-hmm. you know, is an accomplishment, really, for the both of us, <laughs> since we do like to go down yeah. shit river. Uh, shit, yeah. I mean, listen, what is human history but just various tributaries to the great shit river of life? That is actually a perfect metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) So last season one epilogue, I asked you uh, if you could have a special guest, who would you want it to be? And the other day I texted you another question, which was, if there's an unsolved mystery that you could know the answer to, what would it be? What is your answer, Jennifer? Oh my God, there are two. Uh, First off, Henter Kaifek. Oh yeah, if you haven't, if you don't know what that is, go back to season one, episode two? I don't know. I thought that was our first episode. It might have been the first one. Uh, Well, it is also the origin of Leave the Maid Alone. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty foundational episode. I have to know. I mean, like, you know, there are those students wherever that like we know who it is but we refuse to share with the public out of respect i want to i want to fucking know (laughs) um yeah that'd be a good one two i mean we've talked about it but i want to know what happened to the lost colony yep and um as the third one i've been debating on well before i reveal the third one what are at least your top two uh, just FYI, Hinter Kaifek is episode two. Uh, that's where I talk about people who knew serial killers. Uh, our very first episode that we posted was Marie Antoinette and Lampos. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mine are, well, one, I, listen, why am I even bringing this up? I should just do an episode on it. But it's Dyatlov Pass. Do you know that story? So this is where I get to go, you winch, you ghoul. It's literally on my fucking list. Yeah, <laughs> now we're in a race of who does it first. Uh, I love that so much. I think it's so weird, and I would hardcore want to know what that is about. There's also this really, in the true crime world, like kind of famous one of this guy who disappeared, Brandon Swanson, and he like he was like driving home and like ran his car into a ditch or something and was like calling his parents and was like hey come pick me up I'm walking towards town oh shit and then like his phone disappeared like cut off but he was never found and like they found his car and like there's just nowhere for him to disappear to like it just doesn't make any sense and that one would be interesting to know um it's kind of like a Mara Murray one like she just disappeared. Poof. That one, I think, has actually been solved that 
yeah, there was someone that drove by that witnesses didn't see at first, and she got taken. But uh, those two are definitely ones that I would want to know. I don't know. Diet Love Pass is insane. I love that. Maybe we should do an interlude where we both just talk about Diet Love Pass. I... Why is that an interlude? That's just an episode. That's all we do is talk about things. I, I'm 100% behind that because I... That is one that I have not... Um, sorry, just... Brain fart. No, my recording tool is trying to interrupt our recording and that makes me very upset <laughs> um you're like listen here they're like listen bitch i'm doing what i meant to do listen, bitch. so my third i like both of those um my third one is not something i'm ever going to be able to talk about on our podcast because it's not terrifying but have you ever heard of the I think it's like the Voynich, is how you say it, the Voynich Manuscript. Yeah, that would be crazy I want to fucking know, know everything about it. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. That thing is insane. Uh, yeah, that is, that would be a good one. So that's my number three. Do you have a number three? Yeah, I actually, I thought of it when you were doing your number one and two, and I forgot, and then right before you said Voynich Manuscript, I remembered, but um, there's this podcast that, if you haven't listened to it, it's called Bear Brook, and it's about these barrels that were found in the woods ooh, in, like, Maine or something, and they have bodies in them, and... Um, they're pretty sure they know who the killer is, but they don't know who those people are, and they don't know how many other people he's killed, and that would be really, really fascinating um, to know about. There's also, this is also, like, not a terrifying one, but I am obsessed with this story. I remember the first time I read about it in the New York Times when I was an undergrad, but um, there's this photographer called Vivian Meyer, and this is the story of her. So this guy used to do like one of his hobbies was like, if you don't pay your storage unit fee or whatever, they just auction the shit off. And so he used to go to those as like a hobby and he went to one and like won the contents and it was tons of undeveloped film, like boxes and boxes. And he started developing it and found this like, photographer's work from like the 50s through like the 80s and it was amazing street photography like cutting edge in the 50s and 60s but it was just this nanny named Vivian Meyer who like would on her days off walk around the city um I think she was in Chicago but it might have been New York and there they made a documentary about it but like nobody knows anything about her like she was super mysterious but her photography is like mind-blowingly good like if she had exhibited she would have been like a famous toast of the art world um but like that's all that people know about her and I've seen an exhibit of hers in Chicago uh and it's just it's incredible and it's such a crazy story um so if I could know Vivian Meyer's life. That's another thing I would like to You know, know. I read an article about that. It is very interesting mm -hmm. because, I mean, that was how many years ago? 
and we're just finding out about it. Yeah, I it mean, makes me wonder how many like hidden talents are still out there. I mean, think about like Emily Dickinson's story. I mean, she was pretty much a recluse. Yeah, and we would have none know nothing about her work if it wasn't for her family deciding to be ambitious about it. Yeah, and um, there are also so when I was an undergrad one summer, I interned at a publishing company, like a book publishers. And um, one of my duties, I had basically no duties. I was like, you guys are very strange introverts who are like 10 years older than me and are like weirdly shy telling me what to do. Anyway, it was a strange atmosphere. But one of my duties was like when people just submitted manuscripts to read them and see if they were worth publishing. And one of the things that I got to read was somewhere in like Poland, these people were like digging a foundation for an apartment building or I don't know digging a garden they're fucking digging a hole is the point and they found this milk bottle and it was so the ground that they were on had been a ghetto for Jews before they were deported uh, in World War II and the milk bottle like contained all these poems that someone who lived there had written and buried before they were like put in a train to murder town and that I I know I still have one of the poems I copied into my email and I think that book did end up getting published but um, things like that I'm just like oh my god there are so many things that are hidden everywhere yes I want to see if I can find that in the email I feel I mean that's kind of like hidden talents but in a slightly different version no oh here we here we go this is one of the poems that uh, it was in Warsaw uh, Poland so wow I have such a terrible memory, and then I'm always surprised when I get things right. Um, I, Jennifer, I promise I'm not trying to seduce you. I'm just going to read you a poem. Though, okay? I mean, it's okay if you want to seduce me. Okay, here we go. See, it, Let me know if this does it for you. Okay. In spring, <clears throat> in spring, there lies a trace of hard maturity. Nature is eternal and dying temporary. The end. I'm sorry. I'm too busy. With my wet panties, what'd you say? <laughs> I will say um, I was on a, a, a date type situation. I was eating dinner with someone and we were talking about something and I was like, oh, that reminds me of like my favorite line of poetry from Rilke. And I like quoted the line and inside my head I was like, one, you are a... Uh, you are a real shithead, Emily. And two, I was like, well, it's all downhill from here. Like, we're not going to be eating fancy dinners, and I'm not going to be quoting Rilke at you. It's going to be like farting in bed and eating popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> really setting up some false expectations here. <laughs> so what you're saying is that you're going to be reading me Rilke? Is that what I heard? That's what I heard. Uh, my favorite line from Rilke is, and so we are grasped by what we cannot grasp. He's on point. I love him so much. Oh, me too. I have so much Rilke in my library. Why didn't we read Rilke together? Because uh, then you would have to leave Daniel and marry me. I don't have to leave Daniel to marry you. I'm not going to be a side piece, bitch. Give me your sweet ass benefits. I mean, first off... Just everyone get control of themselves. Secondly, how do you know my benefits are sweet-ass benefits? Because I'm a public school teacher. Any benefits are better than mine. Fair enough. 
well, the other reason why I love Roca, I mean, all his poetry is great, but he, when he was like in his 20s, he basically wrote a fan letter to this woman, Lou Andreas Salome, who is my favorite person on earth. Like that question of if you could meet anyone alive or dead, who would it be? I always pick her. She was like this Russian self-taught woman who was like, fuck Russia and like left to go live all over the world. And she lived in uh, like a mountain cabin with uh, Paul Ree, the artist, and Nietzsche. And Nietzsche was, like, super in love with her, and she was like, uh, okay, but, like, your philosophy isn't that great. And he was like, will you marry me? And she was like, fuck no. And then he was like, well, I'm going to go write The the Spoke Zarathustra, wah, wah, wah. And, like, that's legitimately what spurred him to write it. And she was like, oh, okay, now you're doing better. Like, she, like, totally influenced his philosophy. And then she's like going around being this like intellectual and like people were like she dressed really dumpy but like everybody was in love with her because she was so smart and awesome Mm -hmm. and so when she was in like maybe her 50s Rilke was in his 30s and he like wrote her this letter because he was like I love your writing she wrote like plays and stuff and he was also Rilke was really influenced by Nietzsche but so Rilke wrote her this letter and uh she was like cool well if you're ever in whatever town i'm in look me up we'll hang out and he's like okay and then they were like doing it and they were like lovers and <laughs> she was way older than him and i just love it so much i mean don't don't hate on her she had to get her dick wet too so i know and he was just like i'm into older women which is again how can you not love him fair and enough and this is this is the other thing that she did and why she's so cool so she like shaped his poetry and like told him all this stuff his his name is really Renee but she was like you got to go by Rainier not Renee and so she like got him to be the poet that he is like you can even see her influence in a lot of it and then after they like broke up they were still like friends and stuff and then she was like you know what I'm bored with poetry and art and philosophy. I'm going to become a psychoanalyst. And she worked with Freud and, like, critiqued him. And, like, all of these, like, feminists who would come later and be like, penis envy isn't a thing. She's like, yeah, I already told him that, guys. (laughs) She's like, beat you to it, but thanks for playing. Yeah, she, so she influenced poetry, philosophy, and psychoanalysis at the beginning of the century when all of those were on their way, like, into ascendancy, and nobody knows who she is. She's so fucking cool. Anyway, so Rilke is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Lou Andres Salome. But also, he's a little bit of, like, a bitch in comparison to all the badass shit that this lady did. Exactly, but she made him her bitch, if you know what I'm saying. That is true. (laughs) That is indeed true. Listen, all you young poets out there, when I'm, like... 50 and middle-aged, feel free to write me fan letters about how much you love my podcasting work, and if you've got a cute butt, we'll see what happens. So, that makes me think about, like, Shakespeare's dark mistress. Mm-hmm. Like, who she was, and, well, you know, like, you know about all the sonnets and the dark mistress sonnets, yeah? Uh, a little bit, but you can give a recap. I mean, basically, like, Shakespeare had his wife, his main bee, 
But then there... Judith. But then he had, like, what people like to call the Dark Mistress, which is, like, what a lot of these sonnets that he wrote about, uh, or, or wrote, were about. Like, the Dark Mistress showed up in a lot of them. And a lot of them talked about, like, strangely enough, like, his anxiety about syphilis. Because, you know, he had this dark mistress. I mean, if you run into girls and... Yeah, you you, sh- you should... W- you know, it's a precarious situation anyways. You're like, uh, could she be fucking somebody else? Ah, I don't know. And then uh, am I going to get syphilis? And if I get syphilis, is that yeah. person... Does everyone get syphilis? And if you heard about, you know, syphilis when I talked about it, you know why syphilis is so fucking scary. But... Listen, this should be what everyone is thinking about now with HPV, but also men and women alike should get the HPV shot, and then you can just fuck and don't worry about it. Yes, I am vaccinated. You should be vaccinated, too. I am, too. Uh, I will tell you, when that first came out, I don't do well with shots. Like, when I have to get vaccines or whatever, I just tell the nurse, I'm like, don't tell me what you're doing, just stab me. Like, if you tell me what you're doing, I'm going to freak out and, like... Scream on the inside. Get woozy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to die a little bit, but, like, if you just walk up and stab me, I'll be fine. And um, my sister had gotten the shot before me, and um, I was like, oh, does it hurt? And my sister was like, no. And my mom was like, yeah, you said it didn't hurt. And so I, like, went to the doctor, and I was like, holy fucking shit, that hurts so bad. And I came (laughs) home, and I was like, what is going on? Like, I thought that was terrible. And they're like, yeah, we discussed it beforehand and decided to lie to you. <laughs> I was like, aw, thanks. <laughs> they, they had your best interest in, in mind, obviously. They did. Well, you know what else would be interesting about, like, when you were talking about Shakespeare and his dark mistress, talking about mysteries, like, Sappho is another famous poet, and we have almost none of her writing. Oh, my God. We don't know anything about her. But... I mean, I bet there were whole volumes of her stuff that got burnt in the Library of Alexandria. I I am actually a passionate collector of books that have her works in it. Just because, like, the lines that do exist are just, they're stunningly beautiful. Just give me a second. I'm going to find this book. Hold on. While she's doing that, I will say Sappho's poetry is, like, it's funny, it's sassy, and also sometimes you're like, ooh, now I see how people could get seduced by poetry. Also... It's, like, about doing ladies, so. If you've ever heard the term sapphic to describe I mean, there's definitely a lot of doing ladies poetry, for sure. That's, like, 99% of all poetry and all poets is just, like, how can I get more ladies to do? I mean, that's why I write poetry, so that I can seduce ladies. Yeah, and then the other 1% is, like, my pain. (laughs) Do you, do you want me to read you a whole Rilke poem while you're searching? Please, please read me a Rilke poem. Okay. I'm gonna Google. Not a fucking walk to remember. Ugh, Google, do you know me at all? Obviously not. All right, here we go. <clears throat> My eyes already touch the sunny hill, going far ahead of the road I have begun. So we are grasped by what we cannot grasp. It has inner light even from a distance and and charges us even if we do not reach it into something else, which hardly sensing it, we already are. A gesture waves us on, answering our own wave, but what we feel is the wind in our faces. I actually really like that poem, especially the fuck right in the middle of it. 
Yeah, isn't that so poetic and beautiful? Uh, yeah, really has a way with words, that Rilke. <laughs> I love how clever this poem is about talking about another woman. Mm. Ooh, is this the one that's about, like, when the other woman is flirting with the dude and she's like, oh, I want you to flirt with me. He is almost a god, a man beside you, enthralled by your talk, by your laughter. Watching makes my heart beat fast, because, seeing little, I imagine much. You put a fire in my cheeks. Speech won't come. My ears, sorry, my ears ring. Blind to all others, I sweat and stammer. I'm a trembling thing like grass, an inch from dying. I love it. I know, she's so powerful. And this is just a fragment of a poem. Yeah, I love the beginning in that line of like, he seems like a god, the one who stands next to you. It's such a great way of describing, like looking at someone. The, uh, what it, it reminds me of that, is it the talking heads that have the song that like everybody's in love with you? Yes. <laughs> and Yeah, and he's, that's what it reminds it's me such of. a distraction because you can read the you as being the he but if you read it closely enough you realize that that is not at all who she's talking about hey maybe she's talking about both of them Ooh. i mean that's fine too but that's not who she's talking about yeah i mean we <laughs> all know it we just listen to the poem we all know it um, so this has been All Poetry Hour. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by All Things Terror. Suffice to say that part of the reason why we take breaks in between seasons is that we get to pursue other interests as well as do research, um, which is what we'll be doing in the next coming times. That's for you, Clint. And we will have interludes in between seasons again, so uh, keep your eyes peeled. There are some exciting ones. And hopefully the next season around we'll be able to present you with even more terrifying stories and uh, we will still keep our eye out for a season three sticker artist. Yeah, sticker art. Uh, we also have really cute season two stickers. If you go to our Instagram, you can see them and tell us you want one and we'll, we'll get you one. So yeah, thanks for listening. We have a lot of fun doing this and um, yeah. Talk to us on social media. Talk to us if you see us in real life. We're always... We like to talk. <laughs> we have no friends. Uh, well, we do have many enemies, which sometimes takes the place of friends that, quite nicely. That's true. That's fair. But also, I live in a house with three cats and a dog. Please talk to me. Same. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, everyone... Goodbye forever. At least partially forever. When I'm a ghost, I won't be gone forever. You're already a ghost, remember? That's true, I am a ghost. All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. 
Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever. I just got a text message. I wonder who it's from. Oh, bitch kitty. Could it be? Bitch kitty. Okay, why are my why is my mic so quiet now? It's in the same place that it was before. That's what I <clears throat> what is happening? Wait. La la la. Sorry, I've gotta do some some stuff. Fix it. See if we can. Is this fixing anything? What is going on? This is so weird. There we get. Why is it so quiet? This is perplexing, and I don't like it. Do 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 do. What? This is driving me nuts. Why are you like? While you're doing that, I'm gonna shop for bras. That's right, Clint. The bras are back. The bras are back in town. He's gonna leave this all in and make us sound like idiots. I mean, we are idiots, so.